T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you the Hennepin County Board of Commissioners unanimously approved $1 million in funding for an anti-hate initiative, anti-hate initiative. And with the money coming from federal pandemic recovery funds, it's tabbed for efforts including data gathering, analysis, investigation, and outreach. County Commissioner Jeff Lundy joins us to tell us more. He's been at the forefront of this, and I'm so happy to have you join us, sir. Thank you for having me. Glad to be on. So how important is it to have an initiative for anti-hate crimes? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, when I took office in this earlier this year, we started having a series of meetings with different community groups, and the same topic kept coming up and up and up. And as we dug more and more into it, we realized that I think the state of Minnesota uh, has really is missing the mark. Uh, you know, depending on what stats you look at, we are very underreported for what we expected for hate crime or hate incidents. And that's another distinction, which is, you know, things may be done to you that rise to the level of hate crime and you, uh, that person perpetrator would be charged with it. But hate incident may be something that are just as uh, ruinous to you and, and stressful, but don't rise to a crime. But it doesn't, the victim doesn't have anything, right? They're like, wait a minute, this feels like a crime. You're not charging it. What now? And so, Having that kind of that wrap around, what can we do beyond just do better reporting, but also wrap some services around the victims so they feel some level of kinship, allyship, and uh, you know, what next, right? I feel like I'm a victim. Okay, what can I do? You know, it's amazing because you can put anti in front of just about anything. And what the difficulty Uh is, is that when we first hear about it and we start talking about it, there are things being done about it. But you put anti in front of domestic abuse or child abuse, or you can just go all the way down the list. And what's shocking is that we don't hear enough about it. (laughs) So anti anything, when that's in front of it, it seems to be silenced a lot quicker. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think it does. And, you know, and just the fact that the more we dug in, the, you know, Minnesota looks like this beacon of uh, very little uh, hate crime, right? Which we all know is not true. And it, just this idea that we need to do a better job collecting data. And if you say that, but then we do a better job of creating awareness. And, you know, if you're talking about domestic abuse, child abuse, if the victim doesn't feel empowered, they turn the other cheek because they don't feel the trust in the system to reach out report things to the A, they don't think anything's really done, or B, they're worried about retribution. Yeah, it's so true. You know, we have to keep this at the forefront. I'm so glad you added anti in front of it. So what is your goal when all of this is set up and is moving beautifully? What do you expect to happen? 
Yeah, I, I think a couple things. One is we reached out to L.A. County, who did an anti-heat uh, initiative a few years back to get some guidance on, you know, best practices, right? And what they told us and what I've seen is that when you elevate the voice of the community and let them lead and you put them at the forefront of how do we respond, how do we create that sense of belonging so people feel empowered to repeat, then things start to move. And so originally my request was for 200000 just to get some data collection going, just to get things moving. Mm-hmm. And the community who we've been working with since last April, every two weeks we meet, came and said, we need more money. We need to get serious. We need to put a stamp down, put our foot in the game. And so they helped elevate the conversation to bring it up to $1 million and um, really say, if this will not succeed unless the community is leading it. It's not Commissioner Lundy's anti-heat bill. It's the communities. It's the state of Minnesota's. And, you know, we know the more we elevate community and put them at the forefront, there's going to be lots of great things happening. There already are. We, we did the youth thing. What would the world of what would the world without hate look like? We worked with Youth Prize. It just says do a symposium. And we had youth use art to, to, to see what would the world without hate look like. And that's one of those trauma things. That's one of those where kids are. Because what L.A. County told us, 2019, 60% of their calls to 211, and that's another topic, but put that aside for now. 60% of their calls came from K-12, mm. who felt they were victims. And they felt empowered enough to call 211. And uh, so we, we just think there's so many opportunities to do things better, but it has to be with community-led. It can't be, like I said, not commissioner on these, not the county boards. It's got to be a community-led effort. So community-led, tell me exactly, does the community have to organize first to make sure that this works out? I think we helped convene and then kind of took a step back and let others lead. We've been working with Communities Combating Hate, Youth Prize, Brooklyn Bridge Alliance, some other groups have kind of stepped in to get things going. And now that this has passed, now we're like, okay, what's the next steps? And that's to broaden it out. We're talking about indigenous tribes who really want to have a conversation. We're talking about African-Americans who want to talk about a conversation. We lots of groups are saying, hey, we want in. And again, the answer is yes. And let's go find these different paths. Because not every community is going to have the same path to tackle anti-hate. Different communities, different things. Um, I mean, for God's sake, the federal government, Congress, with over 90% support, bipartisan, which they can't agree on what day it is, let alone things like this, they said they passed the COVID-19 anti-hate federal bill, which does something, which puts money available for jurisdictions to put like call centers together. And make no doubt about it, one of the things we want is a robust call-in system, not a tangent number. We want to do what LA County does, which is set up a 211 system statewide. It can't be just in the county. It doesn't stop at the boards of the county. And so that's one of our next steps. Really, we need to work with community. We need to work at state legislature. We need to put this out there, and we're going to keep working on it. So you're actually doing this community after community. I mean, you're not trying to make to put it in place and just say, hey, anyone that wants to take this initiative yep. on, here are the rules. Here's how much money we yep. can help you get started. Yep. So it's really yep. about the whole state. You, and one of the things we purposely have not done and I say, you know, when we kind of kicked this off, right, was to say, here's the rules, here's how it's organized. Because if you really want to empower people, you let them decide what the rules are. You let them decide how it's organized. And what it'll be very decentralized from that awareness, different ways to reach out to people, right? And then also, but on the other part, the county, we're going to put, get some people from the county attorney's office to focus on hate crimes, we're working with police departments. We're going to get people from the sheriff's department. So we're going to get some people involved to provide that what can government do, right? We can prosecute these people. 
we can support people. We can put victim services together. Um, and so we're going to focus on that, but we're going to keep empowering the community. Uh, we know there's going to be part of this $1 million will be in the form of grant money to be determined because we're, the county doesn't move that fast. It takes a couple months for things to get moving, but right. uh, we'll, we're going to stick with it, but keep putting community at the forefront. Because, um, you know, what works in Minneapolis doesn't work out in Corcoran, which doesn't work in Eden Prairie, right? Different things, different people. But you're but you're giving them, um, you know, kind of a sketch of what it could look like in their communities. Yep. yep. So you're ever working to change that that language because every community is so different. Right. Yep. Right. We're not trying to put definitions because we're just saying because what what you may feel is hate towards you, right, might be different than what I might feel is hate. It could be hate both ways, but we feel differently. So let's you know, there's some legal terms, right? But that hate incident, where can I go? And incidentally, uh, I think this, we talked to a lot of police departments, and when they encounter a victim that they believe was a victim of hate, they have to have evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And if they can't find evidence, they're like, I know it. They have nothing to give that person. And so this might be one of those avenues. Where can I go next as a victim? So what would, how is that defined for you, an anti-hate crime? How do you define that? Well, I think one, a couple things we did is we broke out hate crime versus hate incident. We ran this by uh, the county judges just to get a sense of are we on the right path, and they see a distinction, right? Crime, something we can charge, something we can prosecute, okay? Hate incident isn't, but the victim is the same in both incidents. So we're just saying what can we do to, A, really capture the full impact of hate in our communities, mm-hmm. and then, B, what can we do to support the people, Right. There are like a couple of the judges said there are people who do dumb things that may be working that hate or just might because they're just not that smart. Right. But what can we do as far as restorative justice, giving forgiveness or giving grace is a really powerful thing. And where people can say, you know what, if this person took a class and realized how much this impacted me, I'd prefer that over putting a record on them. And so those little things, how can we respond will be different. Okay, then are you putting together a manual for each of the communities, or are you asking them to do so? We're, we, our next step will be start to work on that, but we're not trying to put like a, a package together that says thou shall, right? We're just right. trying to say we're here to support you. in Asian community, which has been very victimized by COVID-19 rhetoric, right? They yeah. have a different style than potentially a Muslim community where a mosque gets, somebody starts to fire, use, you know, things like that. So different things will be different ways. And we think, I think, that letting those communities decide how they want to tackle that and support them, right, give them resources and let them lead the charge is, I, I just believe, the best way. Because what Jeff Lundy thinks a community should do doesn't mean anything. What matters is what that community feels they need to do. And no matter what that community consists of, that's what you're looking at. That's yep. what you're encouraging yep. them to do. Okay, so then let's talk a little bit about money. You have a million dollars so far. Are you looking yep. to have more because, of course, uh, the, what it's going to take for all the communities to come together to get this done individually? Um, how much more money are you seeking, and, and are you looking to do like a GoFundMe <laughs> to see if that can help? Well, I think there's a couple things in play. So the million dollars really got the county side going, right? To, and part of that, a good chunk of that million dollars is really intended to go back out to community groups and form a grant, contracts, right? Things that they can then use to do their outreach and awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there might be some private uh, money 
you know, like foundational like money that wants to get game. We also know like up in Brooklyn Park, uh, Councilman Susan Pa, which is a member of our um, kind of that every couple weeks, she's going to ask for the city of Brooklyn Park to use some of their ARP money to fund some efforts in Brooklyn Park. So we know that everybody is going to get local fast, right? There might be some people do some fundraising, might write some grants. Um, and we're just trying to say all of the above. Like, but we're most of it, we're going to make sure we have a place for people to, count, to uh, track hate crimes and that we will use the community to help enter that data into the system. Kind of like what we do with domestic abuse. We use community partners, the county does, mm-hmm. the victims. Yeah, and I know that you kind of took your model and used some of that information as well to add into this. So as you talk about anti-hate, um, that in itself is uh, enough to start an argument or a conversation, right? <laughs> and conversations don't usually happen as well when it's talking about hate crimes alone. And so to anti-hate, just trying to define that to me has got to be a big challenge for you. Who else is involved with you in this initiative? Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned a couple of like uh, communities combating hate, which is a kind of a collaborative of six different communities, like Jewish Community Action Youth mm-hmm. Prize, one of the state leading uh, youth uh, activators, I call them, Brooklyn Bridge Alliance, which is very local in my district, you know, four school districts. So that was just to get things going. There's no exclusivity like, hey, that, we got our crew, right? We're all good. We expect that to grow. There's probably some human rights commissions from different cities might get in the game. Uh, different church groups. And so what we're trying not to do is say, here's the rules, here's how it works, fit in. We're just trying to say, how would you define it? And let people right. take that. Yeah. So are you getting a response from communities of color as well? Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, very much so. We've had a couple uh, discussions with people who want to really talk, say, okay, you've got this passed, now what? I really, and I asked them, well, what do you think, now what? And they talked about, here's what we'd like to do for next steps. And we just kind of continue to take a step one after the other. And then the county side, we're going to get that uh, coordinator together. We're going to get the county attorney designated. We're going to get some resources kind of lined up on the hate crime itself, but we still have to worry about the hate incidents. You know, mm-hmm. the, you like you, you, Geraldine, you feel like you've been victimized, right? And you're like, where can I go? Where can I get? Because, you know, health trauma, right? Mental health. You right. see this family and that really the victims are not just one, it's usually a whole family. So um, we're just continuing to march it out there. there. There is no, like, we've got 19 people and, you know, we need one more. It's like people want to get involved, jump on in. We're going to help you. Wow. Um, Hennepin County Commissioner Jeff Lundy, I'm so happy to talk with you, and I hope I get an update to find out how things are going in maybe six to eight months and just see if if it's starting to move the way you thought it would move. So um, I appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Again, that was uh, Commissioner, Hennepin County Commissioner um, Jeff Lundy. And if you haven't heard about this anti-hate initiative. Look it up. Find out as much information as you can. And if you are a community that is listening tonight and some of the leaders are saying, hey, maybe this is something we should get involved with, make sure you find out from Commissioner Jeff Lundy. Again, um, just go to hennepin.us slash backslash your government backslash leadership backslash first district, or just go to hennepin.us and you can find all of the commissioners. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 